0: all right thank you for joining us at x garage where we dive into the worldviews using christian worldview that did not come out right. <laughs> it sounded really lethargic. It, it did. sounded yeah. like you
1: it's morning for you guys and, and it's like afternoon for me. So we're yeah. diving into the crazy world of worldviews with the Christian worldview.
0: Yeah, let's try to get I'll try it again. We're diving okay. into the crazy world of worldviews using the Christian worldview. There we go. That, that cool. was really good. Yeah. So I just so need that, to like sh- bring was, it was down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there we go no, really Just pull,
0: bust up my radio voice there we go <laughs> cool anyway thank you for joining us guys today we're going to talk a little bit more about Bethel um, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about some grave sucking and then possibly some music so Ethan let's start with grave sucking can you please explain to us what in the world is that
2: well right out of the gate um, grave sucking is a term that is coined by people who are critics of of Bethel. Um, I guess we could fall into that camp at this moment, but um, so it it was something that was sort of placed upon them. Uh, I guess it was something that kind of started with um, something that um, Bill Johnson wrote in one of his books uh, about this idea of unclaimed mantles or blessings all over the world um, that need to be taken up, and so I guess watching a video where he directly addresses this, he says, "Well, it was more this idea of uh, that there's a lot of big shoes still of previous uh, people, um, church leaders." church fathers in the past that we need to fill those 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 keys, uh or those those shoes um, so basically um but then things started people started taking and running with it in in his denomination and nothing was really said um contrary to it so i guess one of their church leaders went overseas and he had an experience at a, a grave site of Church Father and uh, came back and preached about it in the pulpit, and then it kind of spread amongst all the, the students at the uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Yes. Ministry, or whatever. Yeah, and so it, it kind of just spread from there, and then um, Benny Johnson, which is Bill Johnson's wife also would go around and, and lay on tombs of her fathers pictures of her like hugging Charles Finney's uh, headstone and laying <clears throat> on on tombs and you know, just basically saying things I do sort of like her, her thing, like I I'm getting this this mantle. And so then um, there's all these pictures all over the internet of Bethel students lying on on tombs, things like that, basically trying to this idea of taking on the mantle. Um, they they sort of use the, the scriptural basis sort of based out of I think it's out of, out of first and second kings where there's this idea of casting on the mantle between Elijah to Elisha and then there's this moment where someone throws dead body into i think it's elijah's tomb and it lands on his bones and it comes back to life and so they they kind of have this idea of like well you can claim these mantles of previous people i guess they could they could probably even use what john the baptist sort of um coming in the spirit of, of elijah or elisha as well which you know would lead me to think that well maybe only elijah or elisha has this sort of mantle passing ability but um but that's a whole other subject and I think that's just taken out of context. So that's that's basically the idea of grave soaking. Um, when when they addressed it in the video, they, they say, well, this is something that our students do, something that's kind of taken over. Um, it's, it's really not out of hand because who are we to say um, or to stop people from from doing God's, God's work? And uh, one of the quotes they say is, you know, um, when things happen in our church that seems sort of spiritual, like people speaking in tongues and stuff like that, you go, Well, you know, sometimes maybe it's not a hundred percent God. Maybe it's maybe it's two percent God, or maybe it's twenty-five percent God, but they're like, But that's more God than that person has ever had. And so they kind of take this this sort of view that if if there is uh, that, that they, well, they actually admit, I guess, at that point, that some of the stuff that people are doing in their church is actually people acting out according to their own emotions or their own feelings. Um, but they say that there's just a little bit of God in that. And so um, it's okay because that person just needs to experience God at whatever percentage they're experiencing God. Um, right. And so there's 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 no idea of understanding. I guess that there's literally the spirit of God indwelling in us, even though I'm sure they would say, yeah, yeah, of course, the spirit dwelling us. But it's almost like this idea that spirit is like partially indwelling us. Uh, yeah, so, so a lot of confusion. Yeah, go ahead.
1: So the uh, two 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 questions. Uh, one is kind um, of you get your confirmation on it, and then the other one is actually not a question it's it's going off what you're saying but the first thing i guess is um when you talk about this this they they would lay against a, a grave a tomb or or lay on one In the idea is that the somehow this the baton would be passed over in that that power that the individual or the skills or the giftings they had would transfer to them is that kind of yeah. the idea in, in some yeah. and so um yeah that's really uh, sadly ridiculous but um uh, especially, like you said, you were being really kind there by saying um the, the, the base text that they're using to affirm that would be taken out of context altogether to make that work. In fact, it kind of reminds me of something maybe in the Prophets. Is that is that where they go from Kings and then the, and, and Ezekiel's kind of some mm-hmm. stuff that's Ezekiel's doing?
2: I with, guess with the uh, can...
1: dry bones, or I don't know. Is it was a different passage. I'm trying to oh, there, picture the passage.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's one of the moments where. They're running from Israelites are running from their enemies, and they have a dead body. It was sort of one of those passages showing like the desperation of the Jewish people at the time. And they have this dead body, and they throw it into a random tomb because the I think the Malachites or something like that are coming, and uh-huh. it falls on the bones of Elijah. Because it ends up being like Elijah's tomb, and the the, the dead man that they're carrying actually comes back to life. And just walks out the
1: two. Okay. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, and then the uh, yeah, and then the assumption there, like you said, is that mm-hmm. they're applying that to anyone and everyone they choose to uh, throw themselves against. Yeah.
2: yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. Uh, it. It shows. Utterly. Uh, really, they just know no reverence for context in in the scripture you know um
2: yeah
1: it'd be be like us um and they do this all over you know you go to even christ himself and his gifts gifting of the apostles and their their ministry in particular they assume oh that's for all of us every single one of us become like the capital a apostles or even we have this prophetic speech that has the power of inspiration and yet when asked do you have inspiration they'll say no no we don't but thus says the lord so that's, yeah. that, that's that, that, that either um, g- genuinely unthoughtful un- inability to think through their own worldview and distinctions, or it is that the fact, fact is, is that they're unwilling to think through their own positions because they're being led by feelings, like you mentioned, feelings, emotions, whatever the experience is, has really become the arbiter of my theology. I think is what they're doing is, you go to a tomb, you get this 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 sense of uh, uh, un, unknown and and the uh, maybe they're doing in the evenings, you know, and it's given this sense of uh, everything that might uh, uh, be un, uh, without without knowledge or anything to found them. They're just going out and, and looking for some some mysterious meeting, um, which. To me, sounds everything that's opposed to the biblical uh, position on how we're how we're to grow in the Lord, which is in the meaningful word in which He's given us. And yet, they're going on this other direction, which seems to be more the direction of where you meet with spirits. They give you an experience. They give you uh, maybe even uh, some if if someone's uh, demonically uh, influenced or empowered. And I don't know. Again, we, I know some of our viewers have different views on. Um, the role of demons and demonic possession, all that today, but um, I definitely coming from the perspective that people do, are uh, and can be demonically uh, oppressed, and um, that these types of scenarios where you're going away from the Word of God, taking a passage totally out of context to support some act, uh, seems to me to be everything that's just uh, this, again no reverence, no sense of humility in in the scripture and then in practice. Um, I know it's a bit strong, but that's kind of where I'm at with, with it, when I hear and stuff like this.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And really like how how close to sort of Catholic reverence of, of relics and, mm-hmm. and reverence of uh, tombs of, of, of the apostles or bones of the saints sort of thing. There's there's sort of a very you could almost draw a very very close. I don't know, connection yeah. to be, uh, and this idea of gravesucking. It's, it's of, so, yeah. It's, it's like our our own um, evangelical bin of, of yeah the reverence of the saints.
1: That's that's really good, and um, it reminds me Calvin's Institutes, the first few. Uh, by a hundred pages or so of the first book of the institutes uh yeah book one he he really hits on that aspect of of um, where Rome was missing the point um and and it's um it's not where God has given himself is is that's clear um but that that goes back to your point where the it seems like the elders and the leaders in the in the church there Bethel are Um, unwilling to just say hey this is not the clear and appropriate way that the lord has revealed himself for us to know him by we do not admonish and encourage you guys to do this type of behavior they're not they're they're like you're saying they're kind of in this double mind not maybe even not even double-mindedness but because they're unwilling to uh, just uh, retract and 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 pull their these younger gener these individuals in their church are doing this, they're unwilling to say no, uh, we don't affirm that. But the fact that they're unwilling to do that, I think says that they are affirming it. Like you said, yeah. on some level they're saying, that's there's God is at work there somehow. Well well how? You know, yeah. explain that. And if you yeah. do explain that as a how, then you are affirming it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um it's mincing it's mincing words. It's
2: it's it is double minded. Yeah. I guess. yeah Yeah. no and that 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 is the the crazy thing about about what they say about it is yeah it's this idea of who cares almost what they're saying is like who cares what anything about orderly worship anything about um, what the scripture says about these things Um, as long as people are having an experience we don't want to Go against that. It's like almost like they're afraid to offend these people by saying, "Sorry, what you're doing is not something laid down by scripture." Yeah, you're, yeah, and yeah, and so yeah. yeah. Sorry. At that go point, what you do? Like, what do you? What? Everything's open to whatever. Like, you know, what if all? And I'm not saying this would happen. Like, what if there was an all some people started having an orgy in the middle of one of their services, and they were like. Right, almost must be of the Lord, you know, sort of thing. And so, like, exactly. where do you draw the line with something like that? And and I'm I'm sorry, right, like there there would be no no line at that point. Um, I mean, if you just no. say what these people are doing is 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 spirit filled, you know, and
1: right, I mean, it yeah. <laughs> goes back to the idea of uh, the context of you know, there's there's um when they don't have a a, a real um, hermeneutic, and when they're reading scripture, they could literally pull any passage out and make a practice out of that. Um, and you're right, they couldn't. And maybe they what they could do, for your example of an orgy, they can some some guy in the church can just say, well, so the polygamy was fine in the Old Testament, and I just got a revelation that we if we practice this, it's going to it's going to bring our minds back to remembrance of Yahweh and what He did for Israel come into my room and, and sleep with me five or six you girls. Like that's the, that's the type of stuff that it does. It, 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 there's no basis to say, no, you know, that if, if, they're, not, if they're not willing to say, no, that's an improper reading of scripture. Uh, it seems like they don't have that capacity on some of the, or actually a, a, a basis to say that um, this is a proper, proper way of reading scripture um, rather than um, being, again double-minded in it saying yeah no there is a way to read scripture and yet in practice we're not doing it you know uh i think of just to to show that example and i'll, I'll shut up after this um with um elijah and elisha uh is that correct yeah i think um i always get their news but um mixed up uh, okay and then so what's interesting is these figures actually all and everything that they did really looked forward to the christ I mean, the whole bread, the the um, the the miraculous works they were doing, Uh, and then you look at Jesus's ministry. That's where we see this 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 those types of works being consummated and fulfilled, and um, the uh, the raising of dead of the dead, etc. It's a precursor to the kingdom to come, and that He is the Messiah, etc. So. Again, like even just reading scripturally, you're not going to take those events out beyond the person of Christ and begin to, you know, but that goes back to what we said earlier about how they've really made each of us our own little Christs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all like, it's hard for them to make any difference between Jesus's ministry as the uh, eternal son of God incarnate and in ruling from the right hand of the Father and our own ministry underneath his rule. It seems to me in a lot of what they're doing is we all become literally like the risen Lord. Um, uh, they wouldn't say that, but in practice, that's what it is.
2: Yeah. And to be a good reformed person, right. At that point, you're denying one of the five solas, right? So you're, you're denying sola de gloria, right? So all the glory to him, glory only to God. And you're you're casting some of that glory upon either these church fathers or upon yourself. Right. Yeah. Um when you hit that point, you know, well, yeah, we our, our glory needs to go to God and these things are not to ourselves. And then of course they would say, you know, Oh yeah, well these things are, you know, glorify God and show him that his glory, his his majesty and his his working in us, but but from the outside, does it look like that? I don't know. From the outside, yeah. it looks. Like this is this is something where they're like, "Well, look at me." But yeah, who am I to judge their hearts? Like?
1: Yeah, it kind of goes back to almost the idea: you'll know them by their deeds. Um, you know, it's one thing to say you you. I mean, if you look at all the heretics throughout the New Testament, they were all saying something right; otherwise, they wouldn't have been in the local churches. Um, yeah. They were. They were all really on many points and in many ways saying what needed to be said but at the end of the day either it would come out in the fruit and then what they did um or at, at times they were able to check kind of do like a, a figure out oh no uh, usually you know all as always practice can tie back to doctrine and you know paul would always point out whether it was a, an issue of works say galatians with circumcision. Jewish law and, or the author of Hebrews, same stuff, um, similar anyway. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I I think so. I think they're like, you're saying it's, it's, uh, their actions are proving that there's something, um, they're believing that is off. It kind of goes back to our last episode on, on Bethel with, with how they channel everything, everything through this idea of God's love being through miracles and through ecstatic experience. Um, or the what they call the supernatural which again goes to why they have a whole school built around that idea because like you said they're about the about God's love but God's love is manifested in miracles particularly and so everything you do is but but you're not going to find that in scripture that's not going to be um, we already went over that and I wonder since they are all about signs and wonders and, and experience that is supernatural it makes sense that grave, this grave stuff would be a part of their theology. And they'd have a hard time, like you, you mentioned again, is is countering that. There's no basis for them to counter this because, well, if there's a passage in scripture where we see it. Um, therefore, um, and it's miraculous. That must be a sign of God's love. We, I mean, we could still do it today. I mean, I, obviously that logic doesn't work, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the logic. That's essentially what I'm hearing them do. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. You guys can correct me there. I, I just don't see much. I see a lot of bumping around and, and pulling things out to subsume under their idea that God's love is manifested in wonders and signs and, and
2: uh, yeah, yeah, miracles. Yeah. yeah. I'm reading through John. They like, yeah, like Christ shows signs, but the problem with the Jewish leaders at the time is that they are, or the people that are following him. And we actually just brought, read John 6 with my youth the problem with the Jewish leaders at the time is that they're following Christ because of the signs that he's doing and Christ turns around and says unless you um, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you um, you this is this is not working out and so he's basically saying if you don't if you're not willing to accept my death um, you eating this physical bread is useless you are going to be hungry the next day, and ultimately, what it, what he's saying is, it's like, yeah, you can see all these signs. You're following me because of these signs, but when it comes down to it, it's it's about your faith in me, your belief in me, and all the Father has given me will come unto me. And that idea of uh, of of election, and and then the a bunch of his disciples leave him, and then he turns to his disciples and say, Are you guys going to leave me too? And they say, yeah. No. Peter says no because we we know that you have the the words of eternal life, and we believe in you. And it's that's what separates us. Is this, are are we following after something because of the the emotion, because of the feeling, because of the, the the miracles or the that are happening, or are we following after Christ because we we believe in in yeah. His work on the cross? And that's really what it what it comes down to. And unfortunately, yeah. what it looks like Bethel's doing is they're they're following after something um, for for the experience, not for you know I, the actual down in nitty gritty of. Can, can,
1: can, yeah. Hearing you talk, maybe you think about their hermeneutic. What they're doing is, and this is common of a lot of error, is they're taking descriptive tra- text and making them turning them into prescription uh, prescriptive yeah. uh, theological theological positions from their own uh reasoning so they're not doing it within scriptures uh didactic text or teaching texts they're actually just taking an event in scripture and then seeing um and making a practice out of that rather than where what has scripture taught us concerning who we are uh where we're going, how we ought to be, what does it mean to be saved, et cetera. Like you just said, it's to, the, to 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 put our faith in Christ, to to the glory of God. We, we would just, uh, love love the Lord the way in which He has uh, given Himself for us too, which is in trust in Christ, uh, continually being conformed to Christ in His image, uh, using what gifts we've been given for the building up of the church, equipping of other saints. Uh, to go out and share the gospel, to, uh, again, use, if we're going to talk about gifts, those gifts would also be wielded in a way that is mature in wisdom uh, and, and in a way that would be uh, honoring to society and to, uh, uh, in, in the sense that, uh, you know, we would care for our neighbors and stuff like that. Uh, not honoring in the sense of, of course, uh, the worldly ways, uh, but, but, all that, you know, there's so much richness throughout all the New Testament and even the Old Testament and clear teachings, which all of these ideas that we're hearing are not teachings in scripture. They're just pulling from, from from narrative or some other sections wherein the there's no New Testament author that has actually taken that narrative to expound on it in the New Covenant on how that actually applies. And I think that's one of the, the, the things where I, I would, I go back to like, uh, maybe it'd be a, a uh, something for our viewers to think about is for, for, for myself and my hermeneutic. When I see anything in the Old Testament, even if I want to see it as a, Christo, a Christological um, um, figure, if the New Testament doesn't give me a basis to do so, then all I'm that that's just that's um, uh, I'd have to remain a, a kind of uh, suspended in my judgments and not hold, not just ought say, well, it looks like a Christ. Uh, um, um, something that is fulfilled in Christ and then me make that work. I mean, that, again, that's okay, but that's, that's as long as it's in line with all other, uh, of fundamental foundational doctrines and practices, but it, it's just, um, skepticism at that point. We don't know if that's the right way to interpret it, but, um, so I, I think it's always helpful to say if the New Testament and the authors and the inspired authors of the New Testament don't give you a basis to go in the Old Testament or anywhere else to just draw out and make your own practices, I think that's that's that's, that's just a good hermeneutic to have is is don't go beyond the authors of the New Testament how they interpret the Old. Uh, that's that seems to be what they're doing with this in this particular case. Yeah. Right on. How about you, Jake? Yeah,
2: uh... hey, Jake.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no that's good um, I, I think you guys are are dead on with how they're they're applying their uh, interpretation taking the descriptive and make moving it over to prescriptive um, uh, last couple times we've been talking you know we, we did mention uh, you know we didn't mention but we, we had talked about the utilization of their music and and how to move on from there, so maybe it'd be good to to segue over to that next topic, anyhow. Um...